Oh, yes. I was at this part where I said, welcome to the 16th episode of Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X. After a big old uh, terrible attempt to actually go back to the old podcaster, we remembered the reason why we're using this one right now. Did we? Van glorious, van glorious. With a key. <laughs> so, brothers, how you feeling today, man? Good, man. How y'all? Life's good, man. Life's good. Yeah. I should have. It is. I should have, um, like, paid less attention to the group text, and maybe. Watch the Bismarck documentary on Showtime a little bit earlier in the day instead of right before we get ready to come here and uh, do this recording because now I'm feeling a little bit melancholy right now. Man, oh, yeah, right. I, I, I was teary-eyed, B. Yeah. Yeah, I was teary-eyed. I'm recording it right now. It's on Showtime right now, so I'm recording it. So I look forward to checking it out. It's just a lot of pieces, just a lot of pieces put together and recognizing that a lot of people had the same experiences with Biz that we all had with Biz. Like, I'll never forget the one day I'll never forget. First of all, as I was watching it, I was like, damn, I'm never going to go into a venue again and hear X. Because everybody loves the way that Biz says their name. You know what I'm saying? You gotta love the way Biz X. What's good? Love that shit. And second of all, when they were talking about the Albee Square Mall again, like yo, Biz dapped us up for eleventh grade, bro. He hooked us up. Yup. <laughs> Ain't that right, Rob? Yup. Biz Marquis hooked the brothers up. We went out shopping, school shopping at the Albee Square. Usually it was Jamaica. I used to go to Jamaica, Delancey, with my moms. My moms always used to take us to Delancey. That was like the real spot. And this year we went to the Albee Square. We were going to do it. First time I went school shopping by myself, too. Look at him gleaming. <laughs> I'm going to say it showed him the clothes he was wearing that year, too. Bro. <laughs> I was dip, B. I was dip. <laughs> I was dip, bro. Don't tell me I wasn't. The only thing I needed was the full-length navy blue, blue bomber that I went and I got. I copped from Delancey because it was cheaper. That I went with my mom's. Mom's. Rest in peace, mom's. You know what I'm saying? When I got yes, the sky blue bomber. But everything else was courtesy of Bismarck and his discounts. The Bismarcky discount programs. Rob, you was there. Oh yeah. How many extra oh, yeah. pairs? Of, how many extra pairs of Lees did you get that year? Oh uh, heck, that was that was also uh, British Walkers too. Oh, ah, yeah, man, we had the British. Got me some walkers. Britishers. That's right. That's right. Did it? Albany Square Mall. His house was the Albany Square Mall. His house was the yes, Albany Square Mall. Yep. Rest in peace, Biz, man. We love you. Yeah, no doubt. We love you, brother. You know, it's weird. Also, like, looking at the video, when you get a chance to look at it, Rob, it's not really a spoiler. You're going to see it's just going to be looking like um, looking back at our old neighborhood, our old stomping ground, East Middle School. You know, Bernard. Bernard. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Diggy Diamond Shell. Diamond Shell. Eric Sermon himself. But Biz, Biz really was like, Biz really was that dude. He was that, like, protagonist that got a lot of stuff jumping off, so. Oh, he, he, you know, he was a connector, man. He brought a lot of people through. Right. Like, everybody liked hanging out with Biz. Yeah. The original networker. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I'll never forget the spades games that we played over at the Parker house. They used to try to set us up, Brooks. 
Did they not? Did they not? They were. They were. They were. Those Parkers were a little bit foul. In that regard, they were a little bit foul. They were a little bit foul when we were playing spades. But we always walked out with their heads in our hands. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow. Young boys. Slicing them. Got to give up that spades whooping every once in a while. Got to give it up. Peace to Mrs. Parker. It's funny. It's funny. um, When they did the dedication to Bismarck and Patrick, I went down there. I told y'all I went down there. I saw a shell and everything. But uh, they had all, they had the chairs for the family. And of course, Miss Parker, like our parents, like they're, they would be, my parents would be old. And Miss Parker is like old. So, uh, you know how people get on the hot summer days, they want to take the seat. So I just basically, I was just like making sure nobody took a seat and everything. And she looked up at me and she like, she's older now. And she was like, she's like, thank you. Thank you, X. And if anybody ever cheated at spades when we were playing together. (laughs) I just want to let you know that it was all good. It was like, you know, that moment of clarity that Mrs. Parker was just like, yeah, you know, we'd set you up right now. If, If Rob was here, I might have a clear moment right now and try to set you up right now for a So That's funny. Um, yeah, so that's what I, I, when I, as I was looking at that, that's what I was thinking about. And just the community stuff, like not for nothing, like, you know, everybody that was in that video, except for Parrish, I think, has been in my house at one time or another. Some of them eating my mother's cookies or desserts, you know what I'm saying? Coming from around the park, it was like all, it's all fam, B. Yeah. You know, so... Oh, fam. And as we get older, that's the stuff that I like to remember. Rob, you got the smirk on your face right now. I just know. What are you thinking, Rob? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just listening to you reminisce, Holmes. Yeah, you were there. I'm touched, by, I'm touched by the conversation in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. You were there. You were even closer. Biz no. slept on your couch for, you know, a lot of those times when they said they didn't know where Biz was, he was at your house. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Going and uh, taking walks to the Seven Eleven, taking late night walks to the Seven Eleven to get uh, get Edmonds cakes. Yeah. 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 Box of fiddle faddle. Fiddle faddle. Wow. Fiddle faddle. Yeah, boxing. man. Who would have thought, bro? Who would have thought? What a charm! Yeah. What a charm life. Dude made a song about picking his nose and about taking a dump. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like who's who's more realer than that? Oh, show was like this is a madman. He was, he was mad. Yeah, but you see mad, that mad genius, mad genius. But you see that you think about all the records that he had a part of getting made, and he never prospered from that. He never prospered from from the record sales. I think Biz said that he never he didn't he didn't make a single dime off of any record that he ever sold, which is amazing if you think about it. You look at Big Daddy Kane, all the records that he sold and all the recognition, everything from the Juice Crew, everything from the Juice Crew, and mm-hmm. no no monetary. Not to say that, that Biz did bad. Biz did well for himself, flipping into DJing and, like, being in all the movies he did. But why? You know, why is it that, like, you know, an artist like Bismarck, who really is a, was a protagonist for a lot of other artists, didn't make the money? But, I mean, you know it as well as anybody, yeah. because those, those dudes yeah. were filthy back then. The record business has always been anti-creativity. You know, the, the writers, and the Hollywood writers are on strike, and the Hollywood actors are on strike. Why? Because... These companies always value the people who crunch the numbers more than the people who create the the creative project. And especially hip-hop at that time, being in the onset, people didn't think it was going to last. You you probably thought that even if you stole from this artist, there's a strong possibility that artist is not going to be around 10 years from now because the genre is not going to be around. 
Yeah. I think the thought process at the time for hip hop was more because it was so new as the person putting up the money. If it makes some money, I'm going to get the lion's share of that money. Now, the record business has always been a jerk business in terms of the artists always get jerked, particularly when you're a new artist or, you know, just kind of a mediocre artist. You know what I mean? That, that, that record deal never changes. It's always in favor of that record company because everything is always recoupable. Right. So it's designed to keep you in debt. But I think at that time, hip hop was just more it, because it was such a new genre of music. You know, and people just didn't have that belief in it. You know, I mean, when you got records like, like, like on on uh, Delicious Vinyl and uh, like Sugar Hill and Cold Chilling. I mean, those people took took mad chances to put these records out. Yeah. And in their mind, in their mind, I'm sure that they felt like shit. If 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 this motherfucker hit, I'm gonna get paid. So you think that's a just a well? I mean, in the onset, it's a little bit different than what we have now. Now we have Established right. music patterns and waves, and now they're really not getting paid off of their singles. Well, yeah, now now they they found a new way to fuck you now with this streaming shit. Yeah, because you can't. There's no monetary value to streaming. It's it's a fraction of a penny, and I'm and I'm not saying it's a half a penny. It's like oh, we're point like zero zero. Penny, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's an insanely low number. And then how do you know how many streams you actually got? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's just it's just kind of a shiesty game. That's why Jay with Title was so, Title was so critical for him. Right. Because he was able to get his music out direct. Right. You know? Right. And at least... And even... Would... No, go ahead. Yeah. I, no, I was just going to say, like, when Prince did it, Prince did Musicology. Musicology was only available on, on that... Uh, on his he website. Had to buy it online. Yeah. yeah. He had to buy it online through his website. Yeah. So, but if you sell in direct, you know, just like with uh like artists on the West Coast who started out out of the trunk and all that kind of thing. If you sell, you know, if you sell five thousand records and you keeping all the profit, that's as good as sell, you know, somebody that sells maybe a hundred thousand copies of a of an album on a label. Right. Well now selling out of a trunk doesn't make any sense because where are you going that what are you going to play them on you can't sell a cd when nobody has cd players so digital is basically has completely and totally obliterated even the come up on the street level for a lot of artists which is really what people should be looking at it's sort of like the whole thing about everyone paying with um digital currency nowadays you know, once a digital currency comes in, what that does is that knocks the entrepreneur, the underbelly, like out of the game. And that's right. exactly what the new system does. And you require, in order to be an artist, you require it is necessary for you to get corporate approval. And well, the game, the game has just changed. Yeah. The game has just changed because now, you know, now you give away the music. You give away the music in order to get likes and right. followers. Right. You know what I mean? And the likes and the followers become your currency as a as an artist. You know what I mean? They become your your leverage. They become your currency because you can then flip those followers and likes into monetizing your YouTube page, monetizing the Instagram page. All of a sudden you get an endorsement deal with somebody. You know what I mean? I, I mean, it it still kind of works out the same way. But as the artist, I, I still think you're getting the short end of the stick. I think it's worse. I think it I think it like kind of takes away the direct tie from the fan to the artist. You won't see the days anymore of Bismarck going down to the record store in Jamaica and hanging out all day and people coming in in and out all day because they appreciate music. That scene when he was with Fat Joe, not to ruin the show for you, Rob, it's not really ruining it anyway. But when he was at Re- Fat Joe's store for the day, that's a one-on-one interaction. That was like a great thing. Now, right. you know, how would people even respond to a quote-unquote star or a musician being in a space? Well, we know most of the times because it's the music is all about violence. Once you find out the dudes in the store, a hit team is coming within the next right. hour or so. So it's right. going to make the neighborhood, now it makes the neighborhood unsafe. The area unsafe. How do you 
You're not pressing the flesh. The way the the transition of the music from the time of Biz till now, it's like it's really, it's incredible. Rakim was in the video. I didn't realize Biz knew Rakim so well. I had no clue. I never. Do you remember him, Rob, ever talking about Rakim? Ever mentioned? Not him? really. Not ever? really. No. What about you, Grant? Ever? I don't. Nope. Nah. I had no idea that he was so that he was so tight with Rakim, and he had done so much to kind of launch Rakim, the same way he launched Kane. If you think about it, the two best rappers at that time people were saying were Rakim and Kane, and that was right. a big battle. And in a large way, Biz launched both of them, which is yeah. woof. pretty dope. Yeah, I mean, Biz did a lot for a lot of people, though, man. Bro, you know what I mean? I mean, on your couch, Rob. Yeah. Why didn't you treat him better? <laughs> <laughs> Just an asshole, you know that. <laughs> nah, you know. Nah, I mean, <laughs> nah. Biz was a friend to the uh, to the Brooks family to the end. You know, so absolutely, that is what it is. But go ahead. What were you saying, Grant? No, I was just. It, Biz did a lot for a lot of people, man. A lot of people. I mean, he pay, he paved the way for a lot of people to do what they do. You know, not not even you know, kind of behind the scenes, he did a lot for people. You know what I mean? But that but that was his that was his that was his his magic. That was his power. You know what I'm saying? Like he he was a connector. You know what I'm saying? Like he he connected people to to other people and put them in put them in positions to succeed. And he did a lot, man. Amazing, bro. Amazing. Rob, do you have anything else you got to say about Biz Marquee? Nah, I, I got to check this out, man. It's going to right. be cool. Like he's, it was just always, every time I saw that dude, it was just the energy around him was so good, so positive. Yes, sir. Eating, yeah. cereal, at the, eating cereal at the, in the kitchen uh, table, at the kitchen yeah. table. Raising brand got base. <laughs> That's right, Raisin Brand got bass. <laughs> yeah. Oh. The personal moments. You know, I had forgotten about that crazy ass statement. No, I say that shit all the time, B. I say that shit all the time. The day I'll always remember is the day over in B. Sure, when Biz and Swan were over at the house all day long. Remember that we had the day off from school, Rob? And Biz and Swan were up in the crib all day. And Swan just kept, like, you know, trying to um, talk to different women during the course yeah. of the day. And it just wasn't working out. It wasn't working out. It just wasn't working out for him, no matter what. He was on the phone. Right? It was just like, it was just, it was a bad, desperate day. But, he, you know, listen, you could say that because T.J. Swan has had many successful days. Oh heck, you know, so, you know yeah. and you know the brother brother is a shining example because he kept swinging. He was miss, he was missing. He just reloaded. Oh, he was a lesson. <laughs> he, he was a, brother was a lesson in perseverance at that moment in time. <laughs> we were looking like you know we were we were youngins. That's when what you were. It was like that was like probably the end of school. We now for like, that would have been uh, I think that'd have been William Street. That'd have been senior year. Yeah, it would have either been yeah. Um, some some of eleventh grade for you, mm-hmm. and and a little bit of senior year. You were there a couple of years, weren't? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. But that was um, wow, that was quite an experience there. Seeing Swan swing and miss all day. Peace out to TJ Swan. Probably don't even remember himself because, like any good playboy, who goes out there at that time and throws lines, your memory can only be one or two minutes long. Because you gotta forget. It's just like any good salesman. You gotta forget the nose. The brother was just like, yeah. oh, well. Yeah. All right. Next. Keep moving. Keep, Keep moving. moving. Keep it moving. And that's what we're gonna do right now. We're gonna. Keep it moving. Rest in peace, Bismarcky. So. Brothers, anything interesting that you guys would like to talk about this week? Anything that ran through your mind? We had a couple of like interesting conversations during the week. Is Donald Trump on anyone's mind? I know we don't normally get into it, but no, you know, no, 
you know, we'll so, see. What about this Fanny, this Fanny woman and everything? I saw something that today, though. I just had to mention it. I'm sorry. Um, Fanny, what's her name? Fanny Wills or something? The DA in Georgia? The DA in Georgia, Fanny yeah. Willis, yeah. yeah. Apparently, she's a Republican. Somebody said something very interesting about her and what they were doing. They're like, they're about to tell America that she's like this Democratic Socialist. And it was Sean King. And Sean King was like, but we were writing articles against her being elected. And the jails are overflowing more or less because of her being the DA. And she is a strict a strict, strict, hardcore, conservative Republican. We don't like her. Just so you know who is indicting Donald Trump. It's one of them. Well, we will see. We'll see if she get it. We'll see if she can get this to stand up. She told me... Brothers dodged a lot of lot of shots in the past. She said, "Your ass better get up yeah. to Georgia next week. All y'all better get up here to Georgia by next week, or else." Hmm. Right, we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll see if he gets the if he gets the VIP treatment, or they say he's going to get treated just like everybody else. We'll see if that remains true. He's going to run his mouth before he gets down there. Going to say something that can make bail questionable. We'll see if that happens. Well, this is why people don't want black people to become judges. Like, honestly. <laughs> they don't. Oh, my God. This guy. We're the worst. We're the worst <laughs> judges. Because you know why? No, I'm, seriously, though. But you know I'm, what? I'm waiting, I'm waiting to hear this. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. No, but the reason. The, Expound, brother. The reasoning is it, it's a, it's the same thing that I grew up with as like a little kid when they used to call me Mr. Spock. You realize I fought every kid in my neighborhood, every one of them, because we would play sports and they knew that I knew all the rules. And then when I was playing on their team, if something went, went against us and it was the rule, I would say what the rule is. And they'd be like, why don't you cheat? What the fuck is wrong with you? Why Don't you want to win? And I'd be like, yo, I want to win, but I want to win, like, the right way. Yeah. You know, I want to I wanna actually beat you. I want to actually beat them. So that's how I ended up fighting every kid in my neighborhood that I hung out with. Because they would all leave one day or another. Everybody would be mad at me for a different reason every day. So that's when I learned the, the, pro, the fact that I never would, I, I shouldn't be an umpire. Don't be an umpire. Nobody likes you if you're an umpire. And, but the point of the matter is, I couldn't help myself but to do and to, to do the right thing because to me, anything else would have been unfair and unjust. And that's the reason why they don't want black judges. Because black judges, a lot of times, unless your name is Clarence Thomas, um, are, fair name is Clarence, are fair and just. And they will go after you. No matter who elected you, All right. and I'm 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 picking up what you're putting down right there. You are picking that up? All right, yeah. Uh, I'm in. I thought you were going in a completely different direction. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the original statement was the, the original like, statement was too clickbait. stupid. Not trained enough. <laughs> yeah, it was clickbait, bro. It was, it was clickbait. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was How about really? that? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is even better bait then, because that makes more sense. But honestly, it's like no matter where she comes from, she's not going to play favorites for Donald Trump, even though those are based. That's basically her tribe, quote unquote, her tribe, and they have to be her mm-hmm. tribe because there's no possible way that a black conservative ever gets elected in any place any normal place, the majority of places in the United States that have a black population or have a white population. She is like a statewide appointee elected. And that's what they voted for. They voted for people who are going to be hard on people. Put them all in jail. That's their thought process. Unfortunately, they didn't realize that she was going to put I'm all in jail. 
M or one of their own. One of their own. So mm-hmm. she said, "Y'all better get y'all butts up to Florida. Get up from Florida over, over to Georgia next week." I don't want to see y'all stopping over in yes, Tallahassee, huh? And see the parade. Nineteen of them. Parade them through. I don't want to see y'all stopping in Tallahassee. <laughs> Well, they're going to have to stop and do some fundraising in Tallahassee. Yeah. You know, they they use the panhandle for some fundraising. Well, they're, they're going to have to do something. Their, their governor is actually imploding in front of our very eyes. His campaign is, like, almost dead, they say, because uh, he even lost the fight with Disney. Now he, he came out and he begged Disney not to sue them after he was but talking did, all that shit and lost all those he really- jobs. Huh? Did he really think he was going to beat Disney? He really, somehow he did. These are, They're sipping on some different type of things right now. You know? I don't think he really thought that. I, what do you think he thought? Did you you think know, sometimes, sometimes the winning is in just keeping the fight going. You know what I mean? Like It's like guerrilla warfare sometimes. I don't, I don't think he thought he was going to beat Disney. Disney pockets are way too deep, bro. Rob, what do you think about that? Because I have a clue for this, this one. This, 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 this fool probably thought he could take down Disney. He probably thought he could he could make some headway. He thought he's he's practicing to be a, to be an autocrat. Like he's he's going to rule. Every, he he thinks in his mind he's going to rule everything by fiat. So he thinks he can t- he thinks he can shut down anything. Didn't realize like you may think you're the government, but Disney could be its own government. Disney is the most family-friendly place on earth, where they will also take your body and throw it over the fence so you are not on Disney property if you get sick. Disney is a place, if you go to their courts and you try to sue Disney, they will send 60 attorneys at you for a simple, small lawsuit. And the courts are paid for by Disney, court personnel is paid for by Disney and everything is paid for by Disney. My point is, DeSantis may want to be a dictator. Disney actually already is a dictator. Can't win that fight. I agree. Didn't even make any sense for him to go against it. He's supposed to be friends with them. People get raped at Disney. And killed at Disney, and nothing happens. If I was DeSantis, I wouldn't go to Disney for a vacation. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> you a fool. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? So he's losing. He's like pretty much done already. So all we have to do is worry about where the seditionists are going to start. Where Where's the first fire? Where's the first gunshot going to ring out? Is a gunshot going to ring out? Where's the first one? Maybe it's in Niger. I think it might be in Boy, Niger. It's, it's already going down over there. It's definitely going down in Niger right now. It's going down in the continent of Africa. Right, period. United States has fucked up and found, fucked around and found out with Africa. You know, one thing about Africans, Africans do take a lot of cues from the United States, from America. They've always looked at um, black men and black people in America, I should say, the diaspora. And with a lot of the hell that we've been catching over the past, I would say starting from the time Trayvon Martin first got choked out and shot and everything. I think that it's made, it's had an impact around the world with these African countries. They don't, they see their numbers and they don't see any way that they can actually lose. What do you think is going to happen with Africa right now? Is Russia going to take it over? Are we making alliances that way? Take it over. is That's, that's strong. Take it over. Um, you know, I, I think, there's too many countries that are that are already embedded. Right, so that's a lot of that's a lot of different countries you got to tussle with. I I think they will strong arm their way into a piece of somebody's. 
a lot of these countries are saying they want to get rid of all colonial influence in their countries. The thing about Africa is it's going to be hard, but can you nuke Africa? I don't think so. They need Africa too much. They need the minerals yeah. too much. They would. They would. I don't think they would even consider nuking Africa. It would have to be combat. Yeah. It would exactly have to be that. Combat. Yeah, because you can't. What's What's in the ground is what's of value. Right. Right. So you can't spoil that. You can't despoil ah. that. So where do they go from here? What do they do next? Do they really band together? They say they're going to keep it. They're going to refine their own uranium. They're going to refine their own minerals, and they're going to ship it out and make other countries pay for it. And they should. Is there a coalition to be found between African-Americans and Africans? Uh, I, think I would think it would be difficult because you couldn't... It, You'd be hard pressed to get a coalition of African Americans together, right? On some major shit. Well, that's pretty much any race, color, any group, especially here in the United States. I mean, listen, that's a, that's our training. That's how we're tra- we're trained to be separate. We're not um, socialism. We don't gather in places for these reasons. We don't. The only people but, that are gathering now are clan. Tell you what, these kids, they're going to start gathering. You think so? They have to. Like, when we were coming up, like, the idea was you got you got old enough and you got out and you got your own place. These kids can't afford their own place. So they're going to live with their parents or they're going to live with friends. They're going to live in, they're gonna live in a more communal way. Because the prices are just insane. And that's what they're banking on. And eventually somebody's going to have to start teaching that as the philosophy, like, yo, when you get out of here, if you're really trying to, if you're really trying to get ahead of the game, you probably need to think that the next 10 years, once you get out of here, out of this institution, the next 10 years, you're going to live with friends. Right. But you have to do it really intentionally so that you're actually stacking chips and not just, you know. Right. You got to find some like-minded people. House. Yeah. Right. You got to find some like-minded people that have a goal and y'all can work towards something as a unit. Mm-hmm. Well, well that's like you say, that's a hard thing to do. It's a damn near impossible thing to do. I mean, who do you, how do you trust? People don't even meet each other. You don't know anybody. You don't meet anyone long enough in person to actually know that you want to make a commitment to living with them for six months to a year. More than that, unless you want to be traveling around from place to place. How does that communal thing work with people? How are people going to be closer together? as we're further apart. Well, the thing is, you have to create that mindset, though. You know what I mean? So, like, so just look at us. I mean, we've been knowing each other since we was, what, 12, 13, 14 years old? About that. 40 years later, if we had started, if we had that mindset, if we had started throwing in 25 bucks a month, whatever, some, some number, 25 bucks a month, we just throwing it into account so that when the opportunity arises, we can jump on some. But like I said, you got to have that mind state, though. You got to have trust. You have to have a lot of different things that we don't possess. I, I'm looking at this world right now, and there are so many different crazy things going on from the wildfires in um, Hawaii. Oprah can't catch a break. She can't give people stuff and come with the camera into the building without getting blazed on social media. And I th- I'm i thinking it's like, that's fucking Oprah. She brings a camera with her everywhere. There's a camera. She literally has her own network, OWN. Is there a time when there isn't a camera around Oprah? So, well, I mean... you know, but she's able to, but she goes out and she gives these people these gifts, but it's a bad thing for her. And when I saw them lambasting her like that, and you see what, did you hear about what's happening in Hawaii, what they're doing with some of these people? They're saying that Red Cross and another organization that they're withholding aid from the people there and not allowing them to get any aid until they promise to pretty much sell off the rights to their property. Yeah. Is that crazy? Hey, Matt. 
Yeah. When there's blood on the streets, buy real estate. <laughs> there you go. Like the, the, the gangster just sniffed the, sniffed the opportunity. You know, I've, I really honestly thought that you have a lot of... First of all, the natives are already squeezed for their land. They're already mad at the number of foreigners that are there. The only people that are making a land grab like that, that's a big corporation that's doing that. That's got enough sway to say, hey, withhold some of these rights and let's see how many properties we can get our hands on during this time. But there are also like a lot of people who are not native, not traditional natives. They may be natives of Hawaii, but they're, maybe their parents were in the Navy and they went to Hawaii and they settled and they bought property and they, or they got property awarded to them, whatever, however they came about it. And that property was their wealth. It was their generational wealth. Yeah. And it's gone. Do you sit around and plant yourself on top of the ashes of a home that doesn't exist anymore? And I thought about how nature is. It's funny how nature just reclaims things. That's how these islands are. The only time I ever read anything about Hawaii is they talk about how overrun it is in certain areas how there are so many different people, too many people, according to some of the original natives. And now this fire comes and just wipes it completely off of the earth. Is there something spiritual going on in this, in these fires and these hurricanes and stuff right now? It seems like these people are just getting burnt out. Well, I... If you ask my opinion, I think uh, I think a lot of these things that happen are are similar to white blood cells coming to your body's rescue. You know, there's at at some point, man, the earth got to the earth has to defend itself from us. We fucking up a lot of shit. I mean, left left unchecked, nature would take over. I mean, the reason the reason you cut your grass every week is because after about a month. Your shit has started looking like the jungle. Tanzania. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at, at some point, um, the the planet has to come to its own rescue. The the, the quote unquote white blood cells have to start acting. And we, to me, when you see these hurricanes and tsunamis and earthquakes and all this kind of all this kind of jazz, you know, I think we're we we're fucking up the earth. People just say it's climate change, but we have a direct effect and a direct right. impact on climate change. How do you feel about that, Rob? I, you know me, man, Mr. Vegan, Mr. Mr. Everything About the Planet. Um, yeah, we are fucking it up, but we don't, you know, we, so much in America especially is we come up with these innovations and then we figure out what the impact is later. And if it's bad enough, you sue to get them to stop it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how a lot of our, our food products have been born. That's how a lot of our, our chemicals are born. And we're tearing the planet up. We're tearing our own bodies up on a daily basis. For money. You know, for money. For, for, money. for money for country. For, for, but it's money for shareholders. Not even for money. It's not even like, okay, well, you know, we're, we're beating each el- ourselves up. But we're, by beating ourselves up, everybody's being taken care of. This money's going into the ether. It's going to shareholders. Right. It's right. going into other accounts to sit and accumulate more money. Right. The only thing that this earth actually doesn't need, and I, I hate to sound like, you know, like a tree hugger, but the only thing that this earth doesn't need is He's one more motherfucker. Oh. Is one more motherfucker and currency. <laughs> no, and currency. It's like you literally could survive on this earth without currency. The species... And it's the only unnatural thing that's on this planet, in my mind's eye. Everything else could actually be, would be rational and would make sense if you eliminated currency. What that world would look like, I don't know. I would imagine it would probably stand a better chance of um, taking hurricane season and breaking it down and making it less time. 
I mean, geez, I'm I'm sitting here the other day, and they're getting ready to have a storm here on Long Island. It said you've got to watch out for tornadoes in these two areas. Tornadoes in New York on Long Island? Never. Never. This is not a. This is not by accident. This is not. This is stuff that we have all done. We've contributed to it. We could dial it all back. But it's not going to get dialed back. You know, the more you speak about these things, the more I come into the realization that there were really two classes of people on this earth, and it's the ones that have everything and everyone else. And everyone else is either trying to suck up to the ones that have everything appeal to their better nature, hope that they would do things that are in the right way, and the truth of the matter is they really don't care. They really don't care about what's happening to this planet. Nobody's going to make any changes. Well, Rich, rich, the wealthy white people are trying to get off this planet. They're trying to figure out how they can exist in space or under the ocean or whatever the fuck they, whatever the fuck, uh, other journey they got in mind, the center of the earth, or who, who the fuck knows, but they're trying to figure something else out besides earth. So you have, you have the, the biosphere, you have the space station, the biosphere, uh, Mars exploration. Right. And what, what's the other one? There's, you know, I think there's one more sort of major, you know, because they're starting to look yeah. underwater. Yeah, underwater in, in colonies. The, yeah, Atlantis. In the Elon, Elon has, has one of them things, right? Like, I mean, they're trying to figure out something else because they, they, I think a lot, I think most people kind of understand that there's too many people on the planet right now, but we also don't, we don't let nature take its course. No, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we don't, we don't, we, we allow, it's going to, it's going to sound harsh, but we allow, uh, like second chances at life. Like I got a, if I got a Narcan somebody, so Narcan, Narcan is an opioid blocker. So if you get high, too high, where you about to die, I can hit you with this Narcan and bring you back. Well, fuck. If you put yourself in that position, fuck all, man. Maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. That's I mean, you know. That's a very Darwinistic way of looking at the world. Some people would say very cold. But you criminalize drugs for all these years. We're spending all this money to house people, to warehouse people who were drug addicts. Like, why? If we, if they couldn't get over their self-loathing and whatever, maybe it's, you know, for money. It's for money. It's right. Like well, absolutely. Why? It's it's. For yeah, money. we know why. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. There's, there's no. Uh, there's no money in the cure. Yeah. There's no intrinsic. I mean, the intrinsic value for someone recovering from a drug addict over the course of the decades has actually diminished. What would that person do? They would go out and become a productive member of society with a job, mostly a menial mid-level job, and they've eliminated those. So, any or any of those where you could live to a point where you wouldn't be stressed and want to go out and do drugs, which makes it a vicious cycle. So... Would it be more humane to not have Narcan? But here's the other side of the coin, though. We we vilify things like like crack and meth and heroin and all and those kind of things, but we don't say anything about. I mean, you you can't watch a football game without some alcohol being advertised. Right. You know what I mean? Sugar yeah. sugar is everything, and white refined sugar we is is been proven time and time again is one of the more addictive things on the planet. Well, they can't have you live you know, forever, though. You can't have people live forever. You can't say there's too many people, right? And then take yeah. away all the bad food. No, but no. people expire anyway. But it's it's in terms right. of the quality exactly. of life. Like it's we have people who spend the back end of their like right now. The American system is such that people spend the last twenty years of their lives sick. Just you, you the last twenty years of your life. If you get to be in your seventies and eighties. From 50 on, you're just adding pills every year to your right. regimen. So you get to the end where you're taking 26 pills a day. You don't even know what the fuck they're doing. Like, they're, they're, <laughs> right. they're blocking each other. Like, that's the shit. And it, 
by eliminating processed foods, eliminating processed sugar and that stuff, you're just creating a better quality of life until instead of a person living to 70 with 50 good years and 20 years, you know, descending, they'll live 68 good, really strong years and then two years just drop off. There's no money in that, though, Rob. You attack the pharmaceutical industry with that statement because who do you think makes those pills and manufactures them? Who do you think? Oh, absolutely. Many, you know, well, but it's all, it, but it's also the, it's also the, um, the food industry too. Right. Lobbyists. You know, lobbyists half, half of that stuff in the, half of that stuff in the supermarket ain't food. Right. Well, but how are you going to go on vacation? How are you going to get a vacation if everybody's alive? It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Well, well it, it's, it's what you're selling, though. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying in terms of, like, tangible goods. It's the idea that you're selling. The idea is that you're supposed to work somewhere for 50 years in a job that you hate, and then you're supposed to retire, get your pension or 401K or whatever else you have, and then you get your freedom. You know what I mean? But that freedom, like Rob said, now by the time you get to the freedom part, you sicker than a motherfucker because in order to survive that 40 or 50 years that you worked, you had to eat all this bullshit. You lived, you played, you lived hard. You worked a lot. You, you ate badly. You know what I mean? You, you drank or whatever you do. I mean, all, all of the myriad things like, that like combine every your- celebration, everything, every time you reach a milestone, what do you do? You go out and you beat the shit out of your body. Right. You go, you go through big hunks of red meat, lots of, lots of amounts of alcohol, White flour, but you're you know, but you're a productive member of society when you do these things, <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly, that's correct. That's the that's the idea that they're selling. That's right. You are. Yeah, live, you are, live you your actually, best life, baby. You're living yeah. your best life. You get you get the blue pills. You got the blue pills, so you can you can still go out and do things that you probably naturally wouldn't be able to do anymore. Most of these people, um, you're. You're paying for the um, insurance and the medical bills. You're paying for, you're paying into all the systems. You're giving the systems work. You're actually, in a lot of ways, when you hit that age and you're 50 to 70 and your health is poor, you're a more productive member of society than you've ever been in your life. (laughs) Oh, you're making contributions all over the place. Oh, yeah. You are. You're you're making them hand, hand over fist. And over fist, bro. So you have to be careful. People think that the world has things that are out there that are good for them. Government has something. There was something that happened online, and it was it was something about that Donald Trump stuff and everything. And I was like, I made a comment. I was like, these people are so like ridiculous. Oh, it was they they got rid of that song, that small town song, as an anthem because they beat they got beaten out of them based upon Montgomery. They didn't like the backlash from it. Uh, so, so, it's actually a good thing. So that song dropped way down. I told you it was a catalyst because cats kept walking around saying, yeah, small town. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were all waiting to see how that worked out, that small town shit. Yeah. So we saw how small it worked town. out. Small town. Small town. <laughs> <laughs> Small town. Yeah. Fuck it, small town. So, I mean, that's cool. But um, it got replaced with a song that was, they were talking about how people are overworked and underpaid and so on and so forth. And, you know, MTG came out and said, oh, this is the real, you know, anthem for working people in the United States of America. And he didn't say anything about politics, but he did talk about work in the video. And I was like, yeah, these people are so stupid, you know, because how can you have this woman come out and tell you that that's your anthem? Like, it's a new right-wing anthem. And I was like, what? No Democrats are overworked and underpaid? It's like, (laughs) it's only, like, Republicans? It's like, and this is really, like, where it all starts. It's like, there's no black people or Hispanic people that are overworked and underpaid? There's no, but like, but you, you know, but you, you but you know there's nobody else on the planet but them. They're the only ones who are aggrieved. You know right. that. Oh, I, oh, you, see, him. I didn't even think about it from that lens. That was my bad. 
See, this is why I need like, this show. Like nothing, nothing is happening. Ner- nothing is happening perplexed. in this world until it's happening to them. Yeah, I, I right. was seriously perplexed. That that clears it all up. But but this guy was like, he was like, you know, I said these people are so stupid. I said you don't realize you got these politicians telling you that this is your way and everything. Y'all don't even realize the government belongs to you. And he's like, the government belongs to... And somebody came back and said, so the, the, you're telling me that the government belongs to the right? I'm like, I'm like, dumbass, you're just missing the whole point. The government is, belongs to you, you the people. We the people, whether you consider me to be the people or not, that's another conversation. But it belongs to you the people. And... Just because you have these buffoons that you have hired to, like, run your stuff doesn't mean that, hypothetically, we couldn't say, Rob Brooks, you need to run for a Senate in your um, Congress in your area and do the right thing. And people could just ignore the ads and go and write in Robert Brooks and you could win Congress. People have the actual ability to take over the government the right way. But you can't get past all the free stuff. And the free stuff is what makes you basically a fucking fish. So mm-hmm. it's it's like you the entitlements, the entitlements, the little nuggets that they throw you. That's the stuff that makes it impossible for you to see clearly. So at the end, I was just like, I was like, look, I was like, dude, I said, thanks for coming you know, thanks for having the conversation. You're not ready. Hey, man, I'll tell you right now, like, low-interest mortgages, mocha lattes, just hard to pass up. Really trips, to little, trips to little islands that your friends have never heard of. Yeah. You know, that boat, that, that yacht life. Yacht it's just life. hard to pass up. Yeah. Yeah. We went down there to protest, and they were giving out jobs. They were giving out jobs. <laughs> Brothers weren't angry anymore. Yeah, but angry. Yeah, at all. Well, they're they're all um unfortunately, temporarily just um not doing as well as they normally should be, and they'll get there sooner or later. We have to, hope springs eternal. John's all in on the two thumbs up. Like like you just need to get like a little overbite going, man. You can. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, the biz thing had me really sad, man, for a second, bro. It wasn't like a sad, like, you know, who, which one of y'all said y'all was crying? Was that you, Rob? No, that, that was, was, that was me. Out. That, was, that was me tearing up. You were tearing up? Yeah. And what'd y'all say? You said something about you're a woman? Something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. It just had me melancholy, that's all. It just had me reminiscing, that's all. Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm all it was. No. But you know, just just thinking about, I mean, just think of how many how many soldiers we lost, man. You know what I mean? And and not just not just in hip hop, just in life, man. You know, yeah. You find out how you find out how 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 fleeting and precious life is when 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 you started. What I what I didn't realize or what I forgot was that Biz was only fifty seven. Yeah. Well, you know, you just had a birthday, and your birthday is actually on the. Now officially yes, recognized um, birthday of hip hop. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. August, birthday, so. August 11th. That's right. Happy birthday. So I, so I, thank you, sir. I made it. I've made it to 53. 53 trips around the sun. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and speak. The documentary came out on 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 August 11th. Uh, you know, they had a free joint at Yankee Stadium. So there, I mean, hip hop is hip hop has been this this weekend was crazy. Yeah, like yeah, I wish I wanted I wanted to hit that thing. There was a, a hip hop fiftieth at Forest Hill Stadium, mm-hmm. and that was everybody. Seemingly yeah. everybody was yeah. there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we got we got one coming up here uh, Friday. Well, this is this is just the uh, Rock the Bells tour, I guess. It's LL mm-hmm. with the Roots and uh, Jazzy Jeff and some other some other people. See, so that's coming up Friday. So I'll be there. You can't get me to one of those joints because I might not want to come home. So, Listen, yeah, you know, it's like it'll bring bring me back so far. This this week was like it's it was my it's my grandson's birthday today. Happy birthday, Roger! Oh, saying little Roger. Yeah, great and, dude. You know, um, this day like a, a few years ago, we lost Lawrence, and I woke up to someone sending a message about Lawrence this morning. And I was thinking about that brother and then watching the biz thing. It's like, oh, that whole thing, Lawrence and, you know, D, Dwayne was like down there all the time with biz. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were all around that age. And I was thinking about L. And um, that was my dude, man. We didn't always see eye to eye. But one thing about Lawrence, Lawrence always told me how he felt. And that's what I loved about that dude. Because he was a real motherfucker. It's like he didn't like, you know, and he always rooted for me and everything. You know, he's one of my boys. He would be he would be one of us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He always rooted for me, and I always rooted for him, no matter what. So it's like, yeah, I, I love that dude, man. So it's like, it's been a very deep, melancholy day for me, so you have to excuse my recording here on this late Tuesday. You know? ah, it's funny. I was... I was talking to uh, I was talking to some friends of mine here about Brentwood and just the the Brentwood was it, it it was magical man like there was a lot of shit that happened in and around Brentwood that uh, you know just was 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 poignant shit man that happened in and and in, in hip hop just in in our lives I mean the the, the group that we had I mean. We had, we had some really really dope cats all at once in in high school. You know what I mean? Like we had it was a gang of us, man. That everybody's a lot of us are doing uh, some great shit out here, man. man a man. lot of us and Brent and Brentwood, you know, the smallest place on the map. But you know, most hated, most hated. yeah. You know, I was born in like y'all came y'all came over, Rob came over from CI, you came from Detroit. I was born and raised in that piece. And I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Meaning the white side. You know, so actually like, actually I started there. You started on in Brentwood? Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Over in Noble or Noble? On uh, Noble Street, yeah. Okay. All right, so you know, you yeah, you started well, went to CI, were... came back. Right. Okay. Because my parents went to Brentwood High School. Yeah, so, you know, listen, we, we, I love the town, man. I especially love the way it used to. I love the old town. Now, right. it doesn't resemble, like, the same town. It doesn't have the same type of camaraderie that we had that we forced They used to hate us because when we played sports, because, you know, we were all mixed up and everything, and we were all talking shit, and we were, we were just like, it was like a great place to, it was a great place to live. And, um, like, just the other day, you know, I was talking to this girl who, like, um, her, she dates a professional basketball player, this guy. I'm not going to say his name because he's listed as having somebody else as a girlfriend. But, All right. you know, so you got to keep it. Got to keep him on the DL. We're not going to blow up no NBA ballers today. Y'all remember that. I'm a friend. But, um, you know, he was, he was talking about uh, his relationship he plays for, I, I will tell you, he plays for the same team as Mitch Kupchak. And people don't realize Mitch Kupchak is a Brentwood alumni. You know, once again, I'm former Laker, former GM of the Lakers. And, mm-hmm. and I worked as camps before. And um, she was like, yeah, you know, um, I used to live around the corner from Mitch. And she was like, oh, you know Mitch? I'm like, yeah. He, no, she was like, he's from Brentwood? I'm like, yeah, he's from Brentwood. There's a lot of black, white, Hispanic, everything. And now there's a lot of Muslims there. I'm expecting some pretty dope Muslims to come out of the school district in the next, like, Indian people to come out of the school district in the next five or ten years. And it would just fit right in because that's the way we were and that's how we got down. And rest in peace to Craig Mack and Biz Marquis. 
you know? Yeah. Miss them dudes, man. Miss those dudes. Right around the corner from each other. On the same streets as us. Mm-hmm. And Rob sometimes on the same driveways and, you know, tagging up their houses. Put it on the road. Where's Mango Manny when you need him? Where is Mango Manny? Yo, peace out to James Manigold. I was thinking about <laughs> that brother, too. Yeah, I'm going to give Manny yeah. a call. I'm thinking about giving Manny a call this week, man, because I miss him. But, yo, guess what? Our hour is up. Uh, you know, he's, re- he's retired as a trooper now, so I'm not really sure how he's how he's taking out his frustration on the human race. <laughs> Manny wow. is, he is often mangry. <laughs> pound for pound, the meanest man on the planet. <laughs> mangry. But that's my guy too, man. Peace out to Mango Manny. Oh, yeah. in trouble. No doubt. Yo, from New Jersey. Mr. Brooks with the good looks. Robert Brooks, thank you for joining us again. Leonel Messi came into Philadelphia to wreck shop today. Uh, he got all the women? Oh, if he wanted him, he'd have had him. But no, his his team who was at a disadvantage supposedly coming in 1-4-1. So Uh-oh. he's apparently making a difference. Leonel Messi. From the great game. That always puts me to sleep. And of course from Detroit, Michigan. The city Wang Kang, owner of City Wings. That's right. 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. Come down, get you some. On the pimp hand side. Mr. Grand That's right. The, the pimp hand side. Pimp hand side. <laughs> Brothers, boy, in trouble. I'm going to stop the recording now. Peace. <laughs>